guys, I'm Jesse Green. My husband Parker and I moved to California to start a new kind of church called Salt Churches. We're so passionate about helping people really follow Jesus and live fully alive. You know, without going to Bible college, I've learned that you can transform society by simply following Jesus, by reading the Word, and being filled with God's Spirit. This podcast is part of a new series called Reading the Bible with Jesse. That's me. (laughs) So each week we'll go through the Bible chapter by chapter, and I just want us to discover together what God is trying to say to us in just our normal, everyday lives. I believe this will change your life. This is the SALT Podcast. Hey everyone, we are going to read through Romans together, and I'm so excited. I really wrestled with where to start in the Bible, and obviously Romans is in the middle of the New Testament, so it seems a little random, honestly. I was kind of wondering if I should start with the Gospels or even Genesis. As a church, we're going through Genesis and Matthew chapter by chapter, And I was like, maybe I should do that and coincide with what we're doing in our churches. But I really felt like for this podcast, I wanted to start with really honestly a book of the Bible that has transformed my life personally probably the most. So I don't have any guarantee you're actually even going to listen to thousands of these podcasts. And maybe these are the only few podcasts I may actually get you to listen to. I don't know, but I really just wanted to start with Romans because I was like, you know, if there was one book I could teach on and one book that I could kind of break down for people, it would probably be this one. Um, I feel like Romans is such a amazing explanation, honestly, of the gospel. Um, As someone that likes to share the gospel and lead people into salvation, I love Romans. I feel like this is the letter that connects God's heart for humanity um, with what it means to be a Christian. And so I'm really excited to jump into this. But okay, I need to warn you. So we're going to go chapter by chapter each week in this podcast. And I have to say, stick with me. So the first two chapters of Romans are a little rough. So you're going to be feeling a little rough maybe weeks one and two. But I promise you, as soon as we start to get into Romans three, four, five, six, seven, eight, your life is just going to explode. So just keep listening with me. But I can't just skip Romans one and two just because it doesn't feel good. I actually feel like it's one of those things like the sweet isn't as sweet without the sour. So when you don't know actually what God saved you from, or you don't actually know what God's actually offering us, you don't really realize how big the reward is. And so I think a lot of times as Christians, we take our salvation for granted. And so I think Romans 1 and 2 actually paints a picture really well of basically how much we actually need God as humanity. 
So let's open up Romans 1. Um, so I'm actually going to be reading from the NLT, which is the uh, New Living Translation. And maybe you're like, why are you reading from that? Not the Passion Translation or the Message or the NIV. Honestly, I don't have like a profound reason. I When I got saved, this was the first Bible I bought. I didn't know anything about the different translations. So I bought this translation, and I've just been reading from it ever since. And then I'll usually check different things in the Passion Translation, the Message, the NIV, and the ESV, just to kind of get a full context of what it's saying. And then I personally try to not listen to or read a ton of commentaries, usually only a few, so that I don't get too confused. Yeah, so let's get started. One thing I want to do as we're reading is a little trick that Chris Valentin actually taught me, and it really changed my life. We were once sitting at dinner, and he said to me, he said, Jesse, you know, I believe that God wants to be your teacher when it comes to the Bible. And he was like, I know, even though you didn't go to Bible college or anything like that, you actually have the Holy Spirit, the teacher living within you. And so you can actually ask the teacher to give you the spirit of revelation to teach you while you're reading the Bible. And so that was a few years ago he told me that. And ever since then, I have been asking God to really teach me the Bible. And it's just been exploding with color. And so I'm excited to start to share that with you. But um, I just pray that as you're reading or listening, Um, along with me, that you would read the Bible yourself with the spirit of revelation. And uh, I would love to um, just see your comments. So you can either comment on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash, let's see, facebook.com slash Jesse Green. That's J-E-S-S-I-G-R-E-E-N dot page, P-A-G-E. And you can comment about what God's talking to you about that. Or you can hit me up on Instagram, which is at jesse.green. But I'd love to actually know what God talks to you about as you're going through this or if you get any crazy revelations because it's just really cool how the body of God functions. All right, so yeah, let's get into it. Romans 1. So it says, This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. And so I just want to start right there. And I just think it's so cool how Paul describes himself as being a slave of Jesus Christ. And when you actually look into the Greek meaning of those words, um, you can use Strong's Concordance to find out the actual translations of those words. It actually means a servant that's bound in love to the master. And so I love that word slave because a lot of times people are like, I love Jesus. He's my friend. He's my buddy. And I just think that Paul himself is saying like, I am a slave to Jesus and I'm choosing to connect myself to him, to Jesus. And so he's saying that I'm chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. And so I think it's really cool that we're all chosen by God to do a certain work. And so right now, you can actually pause this and just ask the Holy Spirit, what have you been chosen by God to do? 
So Paul's chosen to be a sent out one, an apostle, someone that goes and establishes the kingdom in other regions, and through that preaches the good news. He's set apart to share this good news about God. And verse three, it says, the good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus is fully man. It says that he's coming from the line of David, which means that he is a human, which gives good news to all of us humans that this full kingdom life we have access to. But what sets Jesus apart from all of humanity is the fact that he shows the world that he is the son of God by being resurrected through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is so cool. And so it says, he is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Verse five says, through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. So we see that through Jesus Christ, through his resurrection, we actually have been given two things. So we've been given a lot of things, but he's pointing out two things here. And that's that it is a privilege to share the good news. And we have authority to give and give away that good news. And so I just think that's so important because a lot of times when people are hesitant to share the gospel, I don't think we realize that because he's resurrected, because Jesus is alive, because we have his Holy Spirit, we actually get the privilege and have his authority backing us to tell everyone to believe him and obey him. So it's one thing to believe in Jesus. It's a whole thing altogether to obey him. And you know what? When we believe in him and we obey him, it brings glory to God. So a lot of people are like, I want to give glory to God. Well, one of the best ways to do that is to teach people everywhere to believe and obey God. All right. So it says in verse six, and you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. So I think that's so significant there because he's letting them know you, you people are loved by God. It's not just for the Jewish any longer. You are loved by God. And it says, may God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All right. Verse eight. Let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. I just think that's so cool. Just as a personal note, like, do you have faith personally right now? Do you have faith that other people are talking about? I love that. I love that thought. Verse 9 says, God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night, I bring you and your needs in prayer to God, whom I serve with all my heart by spreading the good news about his son. So one way you can serve God is by spreading the news about Jesus. 
If you don't know what to do, you don't know your calling or purpose, start off by just telling people the good news about God. It's amazing how God will tell you more about who you are when you tell others more about who He is. That's a good quote. I might <laughs> make that an Instagram image or something. But it really is true. We we find our identities in Him and letting other people know about Him. So it says in verse 10, One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. So this here debunks all the theology that the spiritual gifts no longer exist because Paul's saying that the spiritual gifts are not just for the apostles, but the spiritual gifts are actually to help believers grow strong in the Lord. So he's saying, I actually want you to receive a spiritual gift so that you can grow stronger in the Lord. Verse 12 says, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. And this just is the beauty of the body, that as we encourage others and speak life into other people, we ourselves are encouraged. Like the Bible says, freely you've received, freely give away what you've received. There's a whole kingdom of sowing and reaping. And you know, as you give away what God's given to you, you actually receive more of His kingdom. Verse 13 I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to visit you, but I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit, just as I have seen among other Gentiles. For I have a great sense of obligation to both people in the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and uneducated alike. So I'm eager to come to you in Rome, too, to preach the good news. I just love this again. It's just showing that this is available for everyone. All right. So here's one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. I love this verse, and it is so awesome. It says in verse 16, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. All right, I'm going to go into this in a second, but the reason why he's not ashamed of the gospel is because this is the power of God. So you want access to God's power. You want to see signs and wonders and miracles. Well, the power of God is in the gospel. And the biggest miracle that you can see is that someone would be saved. The power of God is at work saving everyone who believes, which debunks the predestination mindset because anyone who would listen to the gospel and choose to believe will be saved, which means that the gospel is available to everyone. And so our job is to not be ashamed of this power. How silly is that? It's just so crazy. This is the thing that can set people free, and yet we can be ashamed of that or get in our own heads about that. And yet this is the power of God. Verse 17 says, this good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. So how does it make us right? Well, it says, 
This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life, meaning that we do not have salvation, we do not have life without faith. And that faith is being convinced by God, believing Him, taking His word, and putting your hope and trust in Him. And the beginning of our faith and the end of our faith, the end of our lives being made right is all in faith. Okay, now things get a little bit rough. So let's just get into it. Verse 18 says, But God chose His anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because He has made it obvious to them. So a lot of times we think that God is this crazy mystery, but he's saying here that the truth about God's actually really obvious. Verse 20 says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. I just think that's so crazy that it gives a case that we can all know God through nature by just looking around, looking at trees, looking at the stars in the sky, looking at the ocean. It all points to the fact that God exists and He is an eternal God with eternal power. And so how can you not believe in God by just looking at nature around? Verse 21 says, yes, they knew God but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And I just am always convicted by that, that am I continually giving God thanks? And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. So we see in verse 21, when we make up foolish ideas regarding God, two things can happen. One is that it makes our minds dark and confused when we start to make up things about Him that is different than who He truly is. And then the second is it turns us into fools. Um, So the truth of God keeps us wise, but when we make up lies about Him, we actually become foolish. Verse 22 says, Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, They worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful thing their hearts desired. That's so crazy to me that we could become abandoned by God or that humanity has been abandoned by God and that God gives you what your heart desires. So it says he gave them the things their heart desired. As a result of them following their heart's desires. So when people say, just follow your heart's desires, don't do that. Because <laughs> he's going to give you whatever your heart desires. And if your heart is not desiring God, but desiring selfish ambition or things of the world, um, the result is vile and degrading things. It says, as a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. How many times can we trade in truth for lies? 
So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. And I didn't just say amen. Amen. It says amen right there. So how many times can we worship things in the world, worship nature, worship things that man's created, worship money, worship status, instead of worshiping God himself? Verse 26 says, That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the woman turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulge in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with each with other men. And as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. And this is kind of a hard little section of scripture, you know. We live in a world that says that you can just pursue any sexual desire that you want. And this is saying that practicing homosexuality is a sin. It says that in Romans 1, 26 through 27, that when you, they abandoned God, they just did whatever they wanted. And they practiced homosexuality, was, which was a result of sin, and that led to suffering. And so... It clearly is saying here that homosexuality is a sin, and the the price of that is suffering. And so I just want to take a moment right here and just say that there's no shame in sin. We all have sinned, and Romans will unravel that for us. But that is why we need to follow Jesus, and that's why we need to not trade in truth for lies, but we need to repent of our sins and ask God to forgive us so that we, like we read earlier, through faith can be made righteous and have life in that life that God gave us through His Son, Jesus. Verse 28 says, Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, He abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things they never should have done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. So these are all the fruit of sin. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. So when we see the world around us, you know, a lot of times we see a world that looks like it's fallen apart, people that are in it for themselves and are heartless for crying out for justice and mercy, and yet we're not realizing that a lot of the things we're seeing as the fruit of people choosing their own way and not choosing God. It's choosing foolishness and trading in the truth for lies and not acknowledging God. So when we don't acknowledge God, this is the fruit. Verse 32 says, They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. So it's not just bad to sin yourself, but it's even worse to encourage others to do so as well. And so 
that wraps up Romans 1, which is kind of a heavy chapter. I mean, it starts off really awesome. We just have a total privilege, and we see the power of God and what we have access to through sharing the good news. But then Paul is unraveling for us here a huge, huge, huge thing that the world is broken. So a lot of times we want justice, we want mercy in a broken world that's not choosing the gospel or doesn't even know it. And so personally, I think it's really important to, first of all, just take a look at yourself and see, is there any any parts of this broken world in my own life, sin, greed, hate, envy, gossip, backstabbing, being proud, boastful. And I would just say, just take a minute and just ask God for forgiveness. You know, when we don't thank God, when we don't acknowledge God in our lives, it's easy to become sinful. But as we're going to continue reading each week, you're just going to see how much the love of God can overcome every evil and dark thing. And so it's just so encouraging that there is hope for every single one of us in Christ Jesus. And so there is no justice without God's kingdom. And so I'm really excited for us to unpack this each week. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Um, You can follow along again online and just come say hi on Instagram. Again, it's at Jesse without an E, just J-E-S-S-I, Jesse.green. And I'd love to get to know you and just love to know what God's talking to you about. So thanks for tuning in, and I will see you next week as we go through Romans 2. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you feel inspired, encouraged, and empowered to change the world for the name of Jesus. Make sure to tune in and listen to our other podcasts and download our app, Salt Churches, found on iTunes. We hope to see you and hear from you soon. Thanks. Have a great day.